BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to Stories from the Village of Nothing Much. Like easy listening, but for fiction. I'm Catherine Nikolai. I write and read all the stories you'll hear on The Village of Nothing Much. Audio engineering and sound design is by Bob Wittersheim. I write conflict-free fiction. You know the part of the book before the big inciting incident, where the characters are just living their normal lives, eating breakfasts and going for walks? That's the part I love, especially when I feel a little burnt out, when my already sensitive heart can't take many more cliffhangers or terrifying twists. I also find that the more I pay attention, to the small, satisfying moments of my life, the more of them I seem to have. So I put all of that together to create The Village of Nothing Much. It's sort of a grown-up's version of Mr. Rogers' Land of Make-Believe. Listening can help you relax, shift your mood and perspective, and it can just be plain old pleasant. So we're glad you're here. To get started, Take a deep breath in through your nose and sigh through your mouth. Let's do one more. Breathe in. Out with sound. Good. Our stories today look at projects and practices that can make us feel awake, alive, and connected. We'll start with All Day at Home, a story about quiet reflection and delicious food. Then we'll head to the theater in opening night to leave flowers in the green room and walk through the wings before the show. Finally, we'll stop in for a hot drink in People Watching at the coffee shop. 
and listen to the conversations at the tables around us before we step back into the snow. All day at home. It wasn't the weather that kept me home today, though there were certainly still drifts of snow banked beside the front door and a low gray sky that hinted at more to come. It was just that feeling when I woke, the feeling of being a bit overexposed to the world, of needing a day of quiet to myself that helped me make up my mind. As I stirred my morning cup of coffee, I decided to stay home all day. To not go out unless it was to feed the birds or bring in firewood. Or to stand for a few moments in the cool air and breathe in the smell of... Well, if summer air smells of green growing things, of movement and doing, I guess winter air smells like quiet and stillness and repose. And that matched my needs perfectly today. Once I'd decided that today was a day for retreat, I'd taken my nearly full journal from my drawer and my pen and a blanket and went to the window seat that looked down into the small sloping valley at the edge of my backyard. In the summer, when I would sit here with the window open and let the bird song and the warm breeze in, I could imagine myself in a treehouse, as all I could see were layers and layers of leaves. These were old trees, their toes dug deep into the rich, low land, and their tops level with my window. Now I looked out at their bare branches, spread like reaching fingers against the sky. Nests from last summer were suddenly visible as dark clumps in the joints of those fingers. And I wondered where their former residents were at this moment, spreading their wings in bright sunlight, splashing in a friendly bird bath in a southerly backyard, or sleeping with a wing tucked over a head in a new nest somewhere warm. I spent a while sitting there, writing in my journal and looking out the window. I wrote about small things from the week, some that I wanted to remember and some that I was ready to forget. And putting them down on the paper helped me do that. It gave them a place to live that wasn't my head. Eventually, I set the book aside and pulled the blanket closer around me. Sometimes from this spot, I could see deer browsing through the trunks of the trees, dipping their heads and nosing the snow aside from a mouthful of berries. But today, all was still. Everyone was staying home. Eventually, I stepped my feet back into my slippers and padded down into the kitchen. It was a bit past lunchtime, nearly two in fact, and that made me think of the Italian way of eating a good-sized meal at this time of day. Something that would stay with you and nourish you for a good long while. I went to my cupboard and pulled down a jar of green lentils. 
a tiny can of tomato paste, and a box of pasta. Mmm, pasta con lenticchie today. A comforting pasta soup that was simple to make and delicious and satisfying. I tipped the lentils into a colander to rinse them, and as they ran over my fingers, I had a sudden memory of being very young, maybe four years old, in a classroom with a paint-smeared smock tied around me. There were bins of rice and grains, and we could dip our tiny hands into them and feel the tickle over our skin as all the kernels and seeds collided. I remembered that I had liked the way it felt and had happily stayed there, just sliding my hands through the bins and quietly humming to myself. I supposed I hadn't changed that much in the years since. I still liked the pleasure of my own company and could easily entertain myself with simple, enjoyable things. I took a small pot from a shelf and set it on the stove. I measured in water and olive oil, a clove of garlic and a spoonful of the tomato paste. I added the rinsed lentils and turned on the hob. As the water warmed and came to a boil, the smell of the tomato and garlic filled my little kitchen. I turned it a bit lower and let it simmer away for a bit to let the lentils soften. I liked a small pasta noodle for this, like ditali, which were short tubes and whose name meant thimble. I liked that. Thimble soup on a cold day. The broth had become a bit thicker as the lentils cooked and was a rich reddish brown. I tipped in the pasta and gave it a stir. As it cooked, I set a place for myself at the table. A glass of mineral water, a napkin, salt and pepper, and a tiny dish of red pepper flakes. I was rationing them and had been doling them out in tiny increments for a while now. You can buy them anywhere, but these particular pepperoncini had been bought in a little shop in Maiori by a friend and therefore had a special flavor that probably had more to do with sentiment than taste buds. I imagined her on a summer vacation with a floppy hat and giant sunglasses stepping out of the bright Mediterranean sun and into a shop with packets of spices strung on a hook by the door. Remembering how much I like to add these to my soups and sauces and taking one down for me. When the pasta was cooked, I ladled it out into a bowl and carried it to my place. I pinched a few flakes of pepper in and stirred it through. The lentils had nearly dissolved, and the surface of the broth was speckled with olive oil. The clove of garlic had gone soft and sweet as it cooked, and I spooned it into my first bite with a few pasta thimbles and a good bit of the tomato stock. The day, this meal, the time at the window with my book and pen, they were restoring me. It's easy these days to feel like you're under the microscope, over-examined or scrutinized, and then to feel like you need a bit of time to be invisible to the rest of the world, and with a lot of care and tenderness to simply mind your own business. 
that's what I would continue to do today. Tend to myself and let the world revolve without me for a bit. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Opening night. We had a few hours yet, and most everything was done. The costumes were hanging in the dressing rooms, the lights were set, and hopefully the cast was ready. I carried an armful of programs to a table at the back of the auditorium and had a seat. The programs needed to be folded. Each was just a few sheets. We weren't on Broadway here. Just a small playhouse, a community theater that did four or five shows a year. 
I laid the stack of papers out in front of me and started to put them together, lining up the sheets and clapping the edges of the pages against the table to even them out, then finding the middle seam and creasing it tightly with my thumbnail and tucking the finished version in a box for our ushers to reach into later tonight. I liked having the empty theater to myself. I wasn't going to be treading the boards tonight. I was just here helping wherever I was needed, a sort of gopher for the stage manager and the director, and any cast member who suddenly couldn't find their props or lost a shoe. Still, the space had a kind of magic to it. The empty seats looked expectant in the low light, and I thought about the very first time I'd seen a play. My mother had taken me, and I might have been in second or third grade. I know the play well now. In fact, I've been in it twice since, but most of it had gone over my head that first night. The thing that had certainly registered was the electric feeling of watching live theater. I just couldn't believe how it felt, how it looked, how different it was from a movie or show on TV. I remember being mesmerized by being able to see the lead actress blink and breathe. I was close enough to hear every step and each sound the cast made. I carried the box of ready programs over to a tiny alcove behind the door and set them in there ready for showtime, then walked through the aisles of seats to the third or fourth row and scooted along to the middle seat. I pressed the seat down behind me and sat. This might be the very spot I'd sat in that first show. I leaned back and looked up at the ceiling. It was high and dark, and I could just make out some of the light fixtures that, in a couple of hours, would flood the stage and make the people sitting in these seats forget for a while about anything besides what they saw before them. I pushed up from the chair and headed down the row to the aisle. I walked to the back of the house, glancing through the rows as I went to see that all was clean and ready for our audience. It was. I checked my watch. The cast would be here in a bit to start warming up and getting into costume, and I took a side door into the green room to see that it was ready. We always laid out a table of snacks and drinks along with a bouquet of flowers for the cast and crew on opening night, and I fussed with the roses for a few moments so that they showed well in their vase. I took a stack of napkins from a drawer and laid it out next to the crackers and nuts. The green room has a different energy from the house and certainly from the stage. It feels anticipatory back here, excited but muted. I kept up my tour and next went to check the dressing rooms. I flicked on the switch by the door and the big bulbs ringing each mirror lit up. The counters were clear and clean and I set out a couple boxes of tissues here and there. I twisted the knob for the speaker above the door that let the actors hear what was happening on stage so that they wouldn't miss their cues and I could make out a few voices and pacing feet. That must be the stage manager and crew getting things ready. Down the hall, I pushed through the heavy stage door 
and stepped into the wings in backstage space. It was dark. Tall, thick curtains at the edges of stage right and left kept it that way. I walked past the light booth and exchanged a wave with the technician inside. Over the prop table, I clicked on a lamp clamped to the wall. It was fitted with a blue light bulb that would give our actors enough illumination to pick up what they needed, but wouldn't be visible to the audience. We covered the table with a piece of white butcher's paper and outlined each prop in a marker with its description written alongside. That way, when we checked the table, as I did now, we could see right away that everything was accounted for. There was the locket for the last scene of Act One, the newspaper that would get carried out at the top of Act Two, the handkerchief that would be dropped and picked up and lead to the reveal near the end of the show. I could hear the cast coming in through the hall, dropping off their bags and chatting in the green room. I snuck closer to the edge of the stage and peered out across it and into the audience. There was so much residual, excited energy stored up in these old wood floors that just standing there made me shiver with the thrill of being about to make an entrance. I took a breath as if I really was preparing for such a thing, then stepped out and crossed to center stage. There are things that might stir us up so much, push us past what we thought we were capable of, and even frighten us a bit, but also make us feel so vibrantly connected to each coming moment that we know we'll do them again and again. And standing on stage reminded me that I'd keep doing this. The ushers were gathering and soon would be opening the house and welcoming our audience. I crossed over to the other side of the stage as the proscenium curtain came down behind me, clicked on a few more blue lights, and stepped into the back hall. Actors were shedding coats in the dressing rooms, and suddenly the mostly empty theater felt full and bustling. Coming the other way, I spotted the stage manager with her clipboard. She looked at her watch and called out, Places in 30! Everyone around her responded in a chorus as we'd been trained to do since our very first shows. Thank you, 30. We sang back. I smiled as I made my way back through the green room toward the house. That call and response had always felt like a particularly well-devised form of communication. Some information is given, and then you respond politely and show that you understood by repeating the most important aspect of it. I tried to make a habit of it when some message came my way, to say thank you and acknowledge the vital missive. Now, here, being part of something I loved, as I pushed through the doors and signaled to the ushers to open the house, I thought, thank you, opening night.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. People watching in the coffee shop. It had snowed steadily for the past few days. A few inches would fall at some point in the night or afternoon, and then Mother Nature would stop and give us a chance to catch up before beginning again. We'd put on our thick gloves and tall boots and step out into our driveways with our shovels to start to clear it away. I hadn't minded. There is something about a simple chore that is quite satisfying. There are lots of kinds of work that, after hours of effort, you step back and you can't see that you've done anything. But when I shoveled the drive and sidewalks, it was immediately apparent that it was a job well and thoroughly done. In the early fall, when I'd had a cord of firewood to stack in the garage, I'd been just as happy. One wheelbarrow load at a time, setting it in neat rows that by the end had gotten taller than me. 
I could have done it all day. Folding bath towels in two identical rectangles, stacking firewood, setting up a dozen jars of canned tomatoes in the pantry, or shoveling the sidewalks until they're clear. It all gave me a feeling that while there were lots of things in the world that, at least to me, didn't seem to add up, here were little pockets of order and harmony. I was thinking of this as I shoveled, of a phrase my grandmother used to say when she finished tidying up a room and stopped with her hands on her hips to look at her work. Apple pie order, she called it. After the pavement was clear and I'd spread out some salt to keep the ice away, I propped my shovel by the door. No use in putting it away. The skies were low with thick clouds full of more snow. I had a sudden craving for a cup of something hot and a bit of people watching. There was a coffee shop in a corner just a few blocks up. And when I walked by, I saw that my favorite table was free in the back corner. I got myself a peppermint hot chocolate and took it back to the table, taking off my gloves and wrapping my fingers around the cup to ease the chill out of them. I liked the spot because I could see all the way down one street and up another. I could watch people on the sidewalk, bundled up as they passed, the snow catching in their hair, and their breath thick in the air as they talked. I also liked the spot because it was beside a table of grouchy, gossipy old men. At any time of day, there were nearly always three or four of them sitting at their table. They seemed to come in shifts and relieve each other now and then. I'd look in the window morning or night and I'd see them. There were one or two with their reading glasses, low on their noses, eyes on a newspaper spread out on the table, not saying much, but somehow just as vital a part of the group discussion with their silence. Then there were a couple, the ones that sat with their backs to the wall, facing out to the street, that kept a steady debate going about everything from world events to which flavor of coffee cake was best at the bakery, which, just so you know, is their cinnamon apple cake with extra crumb, my opinion. I'd been in coffee shops all over the world, and this table and its occupants were universal. They had been there in each one, on busy, bustling avenues in cities, along cobblestone streets and small villages, and even on neighborhood park benches beside hand-pushed carts. At any time on nearly any continent, you can find a retirement of coffee or tea-drinking elders with plenty to say. I sipped my cocoa and smiled as they talked and griped. It's not that you stop needing grandparents at some point in your adult life. But sadly, you do stop having them. I decided as I sat there that I'd adopt a couple of these men as additional grandfathers. I picked out a quiet one with bushy, overgrown eyebrows who was shaking the creases out of his paper and a hot-tempered one who was prodding his neighbor with his elbow, trying to persuade him to his point of view. I'd keep tabs on them over the winter, whenever I stopped in for a drink. Maybe learning which newspaper was a favorite, or whether they took their coffee with milk or sugar. 
I'd eavesdrop and maybe learn something or just feel the comfort of their conversation in the background of my day. It made me laugh to myself, wondering if one day, decades in the future, I'd be pushing my cart through the aisles of a grocery store, taking my glasses out to read a label on a box, while a young person watching me from the other end of the aisle silently adopted me as their grandparent. We just don't stop needing each other. And I guess, in a very big-picture sense, that was the point. The sun would set in another half hour. And as I sat there, the sky began to turn a lovely, vibrant pink. The coffee machines hissed and hummed. I watched people come in and stomp snow off their shoes and fish through their pockets and bags for dollars and change. Just as I finished my hot chocolate and the pink sky had faded into a purplish-gray, it began to snow again. I gave the table of grandfathers a smile as I wrapped myself back up and went out into the snow. A few clouds moved overhead, and a waxing crescent moon shone bright above me. I turned toward home and began to walk. The cold air opened my eyes wide, and I watched the clouds moving, the cars going past, and porch lights coming on. In an apartment building across the street, I saw someone step out onto their balcony with a blanket pulled around their shoulders. Their eyes were turned up to the sky, and we both, together and separately, looked at the moon. I kept walking. I could smell the wood smoke from the chimneys of the houses around me. I turned onto my street and saw that my apple pie-ordered sidewalks were covered in a fresh inch of snow. Oh well. I'd have another chance tomorrow. Thank you for spending some time with us here in the village of Nothing Much. We encourage you to find time this week to do things that restore you, that make you come alive, and that make you feel connected. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment legal or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.